The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, Bully Ray and I talk all things hell in a cell, including, of course, Bianca Belair and Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair for the Raw Women's Championship, and Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre for a last time for the Raw Championship. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Bully, the final pay-per-view in the Thunderdome. When you barbecue, what type of meats do you barbecue? I'm I, I'm big like on grilling, and you're gonna kill me on this. Big on grilling vegetables, bring big on grilling chicken. You know, I I kind of go in that direction. Why would I kill to... you on that? I don't know. I just thought you would. Barbecued vegetables are awesome. Barbecued oh, corn. Oh, you got to do corn on the cob on the grill. Yeah, absolutely. You got to do corn on the cob. And the thighs, the chicken thighs, because it got a little bit of fat on them. Nice on the barbecue. I'm a big thigh guy. Oh, you like those thighs? I like the thighs. What about steak? Did did a little bit of steak, but like I said, more about the chicken, the corn on the cob, and the grilled vegetables, a lot of desserts, a lot of daddies. It was a... It was a, it was a good it was a good day had by all a lot of fun, a lot of fun yesterday. But, so was it a small barbecue? It. Was it a big barbecue with a lot of people over? Did you, <laughs> you barbecue? Did another man barbecue? Did Violetta barbecue? Did Violetta do all the work and you just sat back and watched her do all the work? I drank, <laughs> drank, <laughs> I drank. I got a little bit of little. I got to be honest, hurting a little this morning. Little little hurting going on this morning after a very pleasant Father's Day. So would it be safe to say that you watched Hell in a Cell drunk? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good it's a good chance that that probably did happen last night. You had a little buzz on while watching the OPPV, huh? 
it was definitely more enjoyable watching with a little buzz going on, Bully, got to admit. All right. You know how well, people back in the day would say when they go see Pink Floyd or The Grateful Dead that, you know, in order to enhance the experience, you had to go down a little bit of a different road. Maybe, maybe that's what I did last night for Hell in a Cell. Maybe that's what we should do from now on. Maybe we should drop acid. <laughs> I am not going to encourage nor try to start any bad habits for three hours on a Monday night. What if we dropped acid before we watched Raw? <laughs> now that would be int- live tweeting while tripping balls on acid. It may help to get through those Alexa Bliss segments with Shayna, with Shayna Baszler. No, that would make them very scary. Oh, my God. Those segments would be terrifying if you're on acid. She'd be coming through the screen, reaching for you. Come to me, David. Look deep into my eyes. We can't, we can't do that. We can't do that. But, um, but I, I have to say, though, Bully, seriously, at least the first half of that pay-per-view, especially the first two matches, I thought were great to start to kick off Hell in a Cell. Also, kudos to the WWE production department. I absolutely love the intro package to Hell in a Cell, the Nowhere to Run, the, the you know, homage to the Warriors movie, which is one of my all-time favorites. Great job by the WWE. But, again, significant, the final pay-per-view in front of the Thunderdome so long Thunderdome and I'm really looking forward to the next pay-per-view money in the bank in front of a live audience thank god they're getting out of there yeah I mean kudos to the WWE for creating the Thunderdome and helping us get through this COVID experience where you know fans were not allowed physically in the arena but they found a way to get fans into the arena via the Thunderdome. Looked amazing. Um, I think they even won an award for it. But yeah, at the end of the day, after about a year of watching the, those big screens, it's enough. Let's get some people back in there. As they're going to do at uh, Money in the Bank. Look, going to look forward to that. Uh, for everybody out there who kind of hears the tone in our voice, it is a Monday. We have to talk about a WWE pay-per-view. I will say this, Dave. It was a very well-wrestled and yes. amazing effort by the talent pay-per-view. I know there's a lot of things that went on that had us scratching our head, but level of physicality, work rate, um, everything was there. The talent were, was definitely on last night. And did the absolute best that they possibly could with what they were handed. Very physical. Very physical yes. in almost every match. Um, so we can start breaking them down. There was only six matches on the main show that won about three hours. I know we had Natty and uh, Mandy Rose on the pre-show. I think we can get to every match. But what I like to do, Dave, uh, many times, especially with pay-per-views, is I want to hear from our audience. I really want to know what they thought of it because if you're nitpicking last night's pay-per-view, I want to know exactly what you're nitpicking. And I'm wondering if it matches up with the stuff that we are going to nitpick about. Well, and and I, let me throw out the number because we definitely want to hear from the Busted Open Nation after what we saw last night, 877-344-4893, 877-FIGHT93, because, Bully, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, the physicality, top to bottom, on that show last night was off the charts. We both tweeted about that 
last night while we were watching the pay-per-view. Uh, everybody gave 110%. The performances were off the charts, uh, especially in the opening match and the main event, I, I thought were, were phenomenal. The problem that I have, and, you know, listen, you may disagree with me. The nation may disagree with me. I didn't have a lot of emotional investment in any of the matches that I saw last night. As a matter of fact, and I was saying this to Gabby and Ed, each match that I saw last night, with the exception of Alexa and Shayna, which I don't even know if you'd call that a match. You know, I don't know what that was. We'll get into it when the time comes. I feel like I've seen everything before. Like, you know, and, you know, if you go down the results of Raw and SmackDown over the last few months, you have seen these matchups many times before. So it's really hard for to get emotionally attached to these matches when really I don't think especially Raw has did a good job of selling you these matchups that we saw last night. I keep going back to the same word for a couple of weeks now, and that word is care. I, I, I don't care enough about the majority of these talents. Did Bianca and Bailey have a good match? Yep. Did Rollins and Cesaro have a good match? Absolutely. Did uh, Alexa and Shayna do a decent job with their segment? Sure. Sammy and Kevin? Great match from Sammy and Kevin. But that's what we've come to expect from Sammy and Kevin. Charlotte and Rhea, good match. Crazy finish, but still a good match. Yeah. Lashley and Drew, hard-hitting. Damn, two hosses just beating the shit out of each other. But I don't care about the individual characters. To me, all of these athletes, these characters, are very much tip of the iceberg. That's what the WWE gives us. I want to know what's beneath the iceberg. I want some real meat and potatoes, some real story. That's just me, though. That's just just the fan in me talking. But as the as the wrestler, as the vet, as the analyst over here, I'll tell you everything that was good about all these matches. Yeah, and and we will. And and really, I have to say now that I guess we can we could say this is the end of the COVID era for the WWE right now. When you see the final pay per view in the Thunderdome, we're still going to get you know Raws and SmackDown at the Thunderdome. That's not going to change until we get to money in the bank. But, you know, for the last pay-per-view in, in the Thunderdome, I really think you just said, hey, great effort by the WWE creating the Thunderdome, giving us a feel of some kind of live presence because it was very difficult. Nobody was expecting this. They had to really learn on the fly and create something to get through all these hours of TV. So production-wise, WWE gets an A during this COVID era. But I got to be honest with you, like as far as creative, I have to give the WWE an F. They really had an opportunity during the last year to build storylines, characters, and personalities to get the fans to care about them so that they would be in a better position once this era was over. I don't think they do. They did that at all. I actually think creatively, Bully, they kind of hit the pause button and said, let's let's just get past this. Let's get through this. Let's get to the other side of this. Instead of taking this opportunity where they could dictate the pace, dictate the storytelling without a, a live presence there and actually build towards personalities and characters. I think they did just the opposite. I think going into the COVID era, 
a lot of the wrestlers that we saw last night, I was completely into and emotionally attached to. I don't know if I have that same emotional attachment coming out of the COVID era. Well, let me just bounce off this list. Uh, Despite the fact that Bianca was a big hit with us when she won the women's championship in the main event of WrestleMania, how do you think Bianca's done since she's become champion? Okay. I mean, she's done okay. Are Are you any more into her now as you were into her during the chase? No. That's one of the problems that I talk about here on the show is that once that chase is over, everything seems to end. I always use guys like Hogan as the per- as an example because once the chase was over, that's when the mass hysteria really started. That's yeah. when you knew you had something. So Bianca, we were so into Bianca during her run and her chase and then the payoff of beating Sasha at Mania. Yay, we get that moment. Now it's like... I don't think we've taken a step backward with Bianca at all, but I don't think we've taken a step forward with her anymore. So character-wise, am I able to get into her anymore? Not really. What about Bailey? I'm a big Bailey fan. I really do like Bailey. Bailey is one of the talents that I think keeps mildly reinventing herself every time I see her and has found ways to up her game and work smarter. It would not be difficult for me to say and give examples as to why Bailey outshined Bianca last night. Uh, in the ring or just character and persona wise? In the ring. Interesting. Okay. I mean, I think this example, this that first matchup would would probably be like the least of the examples that I would throw out there as far as emotional connection. There's still a bit of emotional connection. Now, whether it's the carryover of the rumble and the victory by Bianca, or as you said, Bailey just doing an amazing job in this heel persona and this heel character where she literally gets under your skin. I, I, I think probably the best example of a little bit of an emotional connection would probably be that opening contest at Hell in a Cell last night. Would you agree? Yes, I could agree with that. I could see where you're coming from. When we talk about heels and the lack of heels in the WWE, yeah, Bailey is a heel, but Bailey used to be so loved that I think that she has such a massive fan base out there that won't allow her, uh, won't allow themselves to truly hate her the way I think what she's going for. She definitely gets under your skin, but there's still a lot of people out there that love her. And if there were fans in that audience last night, I think you'd see it. So we talked about coming out of WrestleMania with the tip of the iceberg with these characters. Are you into them any more or any less? I'm not sure what creative has done. As a matter of fact, the tweet I sent out this morning said, you know, please call in. Tell us what you thought of the show. For the love of God, please call in and help us figure this stuff out. Because sometimes we have trouble figuring it out. Maybe our fan base sees things that we just don't. Maybe it's a lot more crystal clear to them, which it isn't for us. I find it hard to believe if that's the case, because I know the set of eyes that you look look at through 
product through, and I know the set of eyes that I look through, pretty much nine out of 10 times, we got all the bases covered. But maybe there's something out there. Yeah, you can call it and say, hey, it was a good pay-per-view. I liked all the matches. <clears throat> but where is the depth? Where is well, the meat and potatoes? And, and Bully, let's face it. You know, we're building towards a match that I think is going to be talked about more than any other. And it wasn't for a championship. I mean, it was for a championship, but it wasn't one of the main event ma matches. And that is Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. Like, Char Charlotte and Rhea Ripley, I think, today is going to be talked about more than any other matchup. And I think it goes to what you're saying and what you've been preaching on this show. And that's about caring and emotional attachment. I'm sorry. That was a very, very difficult match for me to watch and has been a difficult story for me to follow since it started on Monday Night Raw. Now, SmackDown has done a much better job than Monday Night Raw to build stories, personalities, and characters. Would you agree with that? Yes. Did it hurt last night that the biggest story and the best story going on in the WWE right now, Roman Reigns, wasn't on the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view last night? I'm still trying to figure out why they took that match off. And the only thing I can come up with is time restraints. And they wanted to give more time to um, all of these other matches. Has anything come out? Am I missing something as to why they took the Roman Mysterio match off of Hell in a Cell and put it on SmackDown? I, I would think that the reason they did that was, you know, the ratings are down for SmackDown. So I would think that that was a ratings grab throwing that match Friday night as opposed to the pay-per-view last night. Okay, so they hot-shot the match onto, onto, onto television just for a rating. Okay, fine. When I, when I saw the length of these other matches, I figured that that's why they maybe did it. Um, it actually works out better for Roman because more people will see what Roman Reigns did to Rey Mysterio that on, uh, on SmackDown that it would have saw on the pay-per-view. Um, which lends me to believe that we are getting one, if not two, comebacks real soon. And we can get into that later in the show. And I thought it was oh, very yeah. interesting that Roman decided to use that, that, that form of a guillotine choke, uh, and he busted that back out. And after he beat Mysterio, he put it back on Mysterio. They're really trying to establish this submission yeah, and there's reasons for that, and the reasons for that might be somebody's on their way back. Well, and that's the biggest things because Drew McIntyre in that main event against Lashley, that was the last chance for Drew McIntyre, and after a loss, that's it. Obviously, Roman's moving on. So what's next? We got Money in the Bank as the next pay per view. So maybe we start finding out about these returns, bully, as soon as tonight. On Monday Night Raw. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live! Sirius XM Fight Nation is your home for the hardest hitting combat sports talk you'll find in the world. Whether it's pro wrestling, MMA, or boxing, join the conversation with us at 877 Fight 93 anytime from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern as we react to the hottest storylines, most intriguing matchups, and more. Oh my God! Your home for the best all-day combat sports talk anywhere. Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156. As a wrestling fan, you know it's hard. All the blood, the sweat, the tears, the chairs. It's a hard day out there. And do you know what tastes incredible after a hard day in the ring? A Mike's Hard Lemonade. You get all hot and bothered, and then you can cool off with an ice-cold hard lemonade. Since day one, 
Mike's Hard Lemonade has been making lemonade the hard way. They take three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, and cold-press them to create a taste like no other. They choose to do things the hard way because they know hard days deserve a hard lemonade. That's why for 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Find now in store, Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium malt beverage with flavors. Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Boy, I'm going to go back to a movie that I love, The Wrestler, with Mickey Rourke. And I remember there was a scene where it's in the back at one of the indie shows he was wrestling on. And it was the Funky Samoans was the tag team that was on that was on the bill. And they're having a conversation in the back and they're talking about how in the match they're going to go after the leg. And then somebody off camera says, oh, no, we're working on the leg tonight. Oh, you're working on the leg tonight. All right. So they're like changing it up because obviously they don't want to do the same thing that another story that another match is giving on that night. Man, we saw the kendo stick from Bianca Belair and Bailey. Actually, pretty original use of the kendo stick, I thought, from Bianca and Bailey last night. But it was significant, and they used it for a significant amount of time. If you're using it in the main event of a pay-per-view, why would you use it in the opening contest? On the pay-per-view. Am I missing something, Bully? <clears throat> no, you're not missing anything. And I have been saying for a while now that I despise the kendo stick being prostituted 
bastardized, in all those other words, um, in wrestling matches. Too, they, they rely on this stupid kendo stick so much. You know, for a guy that just drank beer and, you know, swang a Singapore cane, a Sandman must have got that kendo stick over pretty damn well where they still want to use it today. But now they're over-utilizing yeah. it. I remember going back as far as seeing, like, when Ronda Rousey was around and Ronda and Charlotte and, and, and Becky... They're just kendo stick after kendo stick after kendo stick. Enough. Then the gimmick means nothing. It starts to become as passe as a clothesline. But there are some guys who throw a clothesline really great, and there's some people who swing up a kendo stick really great. And as you said, they use the kendo stick in a unique way, right? Yeah. So it's not about, well, if they're using it in the main event, they shouldn't be using it in the in the first match. It's about... Where will the kendo stick mean the most? In which match will the kendo stick actually make a difference? So the funky Samoans were going to work the leg, but then they found out somebody else was going to work the leg. So you figure out, you don't just say, oh, well, you're working the leg, so we won't work the leg. What you do is you go, all right, why are you working the leg? Is the leg an integral part of your storyline? Because in my match, we got we, we took the guy's leg out last week, so we need to work the leg again to keep the story going, kind of like they did with um, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens with the spike. You know, with the commander using the spike the other night on SmackDown to Kevin Owens' throat, he goes into the match at a disadvantage. Sami Zayn took advantage of it. So if anybody else said last night that they were going to go work the throat, Kevin and Sami had a reason to say, no, 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 you guys don't work the throat. That's our story. Yeah. Getting back to the kendo stick, in your opinion, where did the kendo stick mean more last night? In the Bianca Belair-Bailey match or the Lashley Drew match, and the and the Bianca and the Bianca Bailey match last night, and then Lashley and Drew should have never used it, and that's how you use a gimmick properly. How many kendo sticks are we going to see? How many chairs are we going to see? I'll go as far to say, how many tables are we going to see? Tables are a little different because they're used. When used correctly, they're used for crash and burn spots and should be used as finishes. If I see two chairs, I'm okay with it. If I see one kendo stick, I'm okay with it. One person uses it, and then the other person uses it. But I, what I saw last night were two weapons matches. I saw a weapons match that opened up the show, and I saw a weapons match that closed the show. And oh, by the way, they just happened to be in Hell in a Cell. The cell never really. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm watching. Uh, I, I think I'm watching Bianca Belair ram, uh, ram Bailey's head straight to the cage. I don't know, Dave. The world of pro wrestling that me and you come from, when a wrestler's in a steel cage match and he gets his head rammed into the damn cage, somebody's going to bleed. Yeah, you're gonna get busted open. Give me something. I mean, with the physicality last night between um, Lashley and Drew and heads going into the cage, nothing. Yeah, we got those tremendous marks on the back of Drew's back. We saw it on social media. I get it. Did, did Lashley hitting 
Drew across the back with the kendo stick and leaving those marks mean more than the first match? I don't know. Here's the thing, Dave. There were so many kendo sticks last night, I don't care. It's too much. Fine, use the gimmick. Use it the right way. Only use it once or twice. And, and like you said, there has to be a reason. Why is the kendo stick? There? Why are you using the kendo stick? How does that enhance the story that you're telling? Or is there is there a reason for it? You, It just isn't. It's just been so overused and, you know, just at this point, it doesn't really matter anymore than just to, to see those welts on the back, I guess, to make it seem more physical. I, I don't know. Do you remember um, in ECW or some of these other companies at times where they would hit each other with cookie sheets? Yeah. And, and you could tell that the cookie sheet came from the dollar store. Yep. And was just there to make a noise. That's how I'm starting to feel about kendo sticks. And as a person who incorporated a kendo stick into his story and made sure that the kendo stick actually became the story and the payoff to the story was the bad guy getting his ass kicked with a kendo stick and eventually, well, I never said I quit, and the <laughs> match eventually ending because of the kendo stick. That's how you use it to tell a story, not just as a gratuitous piece of uh, just a gimmick to go out there and let let's play hit each other with. Well, because because obviously you know we saw it with Tommy Dreamer in ECW, right? With the whole thing we first learned about the Singapore Kane and that whole story that was in the news at the time, and Tommy used it for a storyline in ECW. You used it for Flip Gordon. Why? Because that was going to be a punishment, right? You were going to ten lashes with the kendo stick in the back. Like there was a story behind it. But now if you use it in every freaking match like they do now, then people are going to say, oh, wow, the punishment's going to be get hit with a kendo stick? I see that all the time. What do I give a shit? That means nothing. Prostitute. We talk about prostituting moves. You could do that with certain things like a kendo stick. Now it's meaningless, and nobody wants to see it anymore. We saw it, in we saw it used in two matches. The two L, both Hell in a Cell matches use the kendo stick. Why? You can't think of anything else creatively to use but the same thing you used in the opening contest? And this is where things get a little lazy because they start relying on, talent starts relying on gimmicks too much. Now, listen to what I'm saying. Relying on gimmicks too much. And when you rely on the gimmick too much, you're going straight for the gimmick. Bell rang. Where did Bobby Lashley go? Right under, under the, the ring. ring, under the ring. Lock it up. Why don't you lock it up? Maybe, you, maybe, maybe grab a headlock. Maybe give me a little spot. Give me a little something, something. Why don't you beat Drew McIntyre up a little bit, then slide out of the ring, and then Drew has to come and stop you. Why don't you ram Drew's head into the cage a couple of times, then go underneath the ring, and Drew has to stop you. It's not even just have to run to underneath. Go. You don't even have to, but Bully, you just said you're two hosses like Drew McIntyre and Lashley. These are two big dudes, two tough dudes, two credible badasses. Do you really need anything more than just their fists in a cage in a match like Hell in a Cell in that main event last night? I could understand why 
they would want to use weapons to spice up their match. But to go for them immediately, the gimmick is the cell. Hell in a cell is the gimmick match. Why not use the gimmick of the gimmick match first? And then if you need to go under the ring to find something extra. So I'm I'm Drew, I'm Drew McIntyre and I've and I'm Bobby Lashley. I have beat the shit out, out of my opponent with my fists and my moves as much as I can, and I can't get the win, and I've rammed his head into one side of the cell, and I've rammed his head into the other side of the cell, and, I've, and, I've, and I suplexed him into the cell, and I germined him into the cell, and I side-rushed and leg-sweeped him into the cell, and I still can't beat him. Now let me go see what kind of toys are underneath the ring. And see what else I can, you know, what else I have at, at my disposal. Because now you've tried to beat the man with your fists, your moves, the cell. You've put in credibility on the gimmick match. Now go for a weapon. And these weapons, they, they sound like toothpicks because they gimmick them too much. Two tables last night. Both tables were gimmicked. Do you know how many times I've used a gimmick table in my career, Dave? How many? I'll give you one guess. Zero. Thank you. <laughs> Suplexes, knockouts, and chokeholds. SiriusXM Fight Nation is the only channel dedicated to bringing you the inside world of combat sports. Unlocking the cage with Jimmy Smith. Time doesn't heal all wounds in sports. Winning heals all wounds. Busted open. I always say life is just like professional wrestling. You are going to get knocked down a lot, but you got to keep getting up and keep on fighting. Plus, at the fights and MMA today to round out the best combat sports coverage anywhere. And so much more. We bring the fight to you on Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156. Match, very, very strong. Enjoyed the match a lot. Enjoyed the effort put forth by Charlotte and Rhea. I don't care anymore about Charlotte or Rhea than I did probably six months to a year ago. I wish I did. Um, Charlotte did a phenomenal job last week of causing so much chaos in that pull apart on raw it was a good match i did not like the finish i have no idea why we need to have a dq finish in in a in a time where nobody really remembers things anymore and nothing really matters because life goes by at the speed of light i don't know why Rhea could not have won are you really gonna hurt charlotte does it? No. I, 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 I mean, in a mat, in, in a main event match where two men beat the living dog shit out of one another, and there was a roll up finish. Why couldn't we get a small package, a roll up, a sunset flip from Rhea and Charlotte? Come on, I'm not going to say Charlotte should have went over because we don't need that title changing hands right now because I think they're waiting for the right person to come along and getting uh, Rhea's face, that person possibly being Becky Lynch. Come on. This is where I start to understand the frustration of wrestling fans when it comes to the protection of Charlotte. You can't do it. Charlotte is going to go, go down as an all-time great period. I didn't say man. I didn't say woman. I said all-time great, period. Certain wrestlers are like Teflon. Does a, does a loss really hurt Charlotte Flair? Not at all. No way. 
It's just, as a matter of fact, if you ha- if you beat Charlotte and she flips out the way she did and referees are trying to calm her down and she's decking referees and she's going buck wild and she grows over the announce desk and she punches Jimmy Smith or whatever, <clears throat> people are going to forget all about the roll-up victory. We're not forgetting about the DQ finish last night because we didn't like the DQ finish. Save the DQ finish for when it actually means something because I didn't feel like it meant anything last night. And then to me, it was kind of a lame DQ finish. I'm not saying that the referee did not do his job because at the end of the day, the top of that table is a foreign object and somebody got hit with a foreign object, right? Yep. Should be an automatic. By the rules, it should be an automatic disqualification. And we're sticklers for rules because if we don't have rules, what's the point of doing anything in the world of pro wrestling? Sorry, I just thought this should have been a clean finish last night. And 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 look at look at Bobby, look at Bobby, and I don't want to get off on Bobby <clears throat> uh, and uh, and Drew, but how do you how do you have a roll up after two guys just destroyed each other? I know. You you kicked it, you kicked out of this finish, that finish, this thing, that, and then all of a sudden at the end of the match, Bobby Drew gets rolled up and he's and he's almost on he's, he's on his knees, he's ready to go. Stay down. Stay down like you're exhausted. That match should have took every last drop of energy out of both guys. But it didn't, because everybody's gotta look strong. Gotta stay strong, gotta look strong. You get more over when you don't look so strong at times. Show me you're vulnerable. I don't know. Let let me tell you something. And I know I joke around about this on this show. I'll book this shit better in my sleep. That's how confident of my abilities I am to tell stories with characters and finishes that people actually want to see. And I know damn well that there are people there who are smart and who are smarter than me, considerably smarter than me, because they have more time in the business. I would never be so brazen as to say, Michael, I'm smarter than Michael Hayes. Michael Hayes knows what the hell he's doing. And I bet you they see a lot of the same things that I see. But the, 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 the thin ice and the eggshells up there are so ridiculous that we have to placate to everybody. How about we placate to the product and the end result and what's best for the match and for what people want to see? Because as down on as Charlotte, people might be down on Charlotte, they might be down on Rhea a little bit, but I'm sure that those women got those people into that match. And I was enjoying that match, and I liked that match, and I was into that match. And then I got a DQ finish, and I, put, and I recorded myself on video, but I never put it out on social media. And you know what I said on video with regard to that finish, Dave? What? Fuck you! That's what I said. Come on! You can have a DQ finish. When you, when you need it, not as a lazy way out. You could beat Charlotte Flair every single day. She will never lose an ounce of steam because all she has to do is go into flip out Charlotte mode, which, is, which she has been doing so well lately. 
She looks like a crazed woman lately. And looks hot as hell doing it in her cat suits. Going buck wild, eyes wide open. Ah! Imagine that happened last night. And it would have been a good victory for Rhea. But no. Let's do a DQ finish. Bully, you're not the only one that was dissatisfied with that finish last night. And it's not even just about the finish. And listen, I understand your frustration. My frustration lies in just old school pro wrestling where, you know, there's somebody I'm emotionally invested in and want to cheer for. As a fan, who are you cheering for in that matchup? Like, I, I really don't understand. Like, they've been presenting Rhea as a, as a baby face, but she's, she's clearly a heel. So you're actually having a feud going on in the WWE with two heels going against each other? Like, Charlotte's a heel. Everybody wants to boo Charlotte, correct? Like, nobody, yeah, you know, she's the cocky, you know, entitled. That's how, that's the perception of the fans. So you don't want to cheer Charlotte. But Charlotte was the victim last night. Rhea Ripley was the chicken shit heel. She intentionally got herself disqualified so she could retain her championship and was happy and celebrating retaining her championship in, in, in the form of a disqualification. She's a heel. But wait a minute, Dave. You're, you're, you're sitting here this morning calling Rhea Ripley the heel, but last night you went on, go, you went on social media and called her a babyface. I mean, I thought she was. That's why I asked the question, has there ever been a babyface champion that intentionally got themselves disqualified and actually celebrated retaining the championship via disqualification? Uh, has that is ever Rhea happened? a babyface? Is she a heel? I, I, don't, I, I know Charlotte is a heel, but if you're going to tell me that Rhea Ripley is a heel also, why are you booking me a heel versus heel match? And not only a heel versus heel match, bowling, it's a feud. It's a feud that's continuously playing on Monday Night Raw. Maybe they want us to hate the both of them, so we'll love the possible return of Becky Lynch even more. Okay. That just popped into my head. Because I'm thinking to myself, why heel versus heel? Well, maybe if you have both heels in the ring and both heels are verbally going at it, and Becky's music hits, maybe the pop for Becky is even bigger. Okay, all right, Bully, then why have this feud with Charlotte at all? If because Charlotte they have hated- nothing else. They have nothing. Why this feud with Charlotte and Rhea? Okay, let's just say that at the, uh, on, the, uh, on, the, on the roster, you know, every coach has a roster. Here's my A players. Here's my B players. I just spit on my screen. Here's my <laughs> C players. So if we're, not go- if we're not going, it landed right on Gabby's chin. Um, if we're not going with Charlotte versus Rhea, mm-hmm. what are we going with? If you would have done it correctly, Asuka. Because you could have had Rhea and Asuka have a long feud. Asuka is loved by the WWE fan base. So if Rhea Ripley would have done what she did last night to Asuka, the fans would be pissed off and hating Rhea Ripley. So if it is a returning Becky Lynch, that would make Becky Lynch that much more. 
because she's going up against a hated champion like Rhea Ripley. I don't know if Rhea's hated because the fans hate Charlotte. So is is Rhea more hated today than she was yesterday? I don't know because she's in there with Charlotte, which we know the fans despise already. I I don't I don't I don't get it, bully. I'm really trying hard to understand the logic of this feud. This is why at the top of the show today I said let's take some phone calls because I knew this specific conversation and this specific match would be confusing. I don't know what I'm watching. When I teach my students this shit, I teach them rule one of the first rules, do not confuse your audience. Never have your audience looking next to to their friends next to them going, um what, uh, what what's going on here? Who is she? Like, what do I like her? Do I hate her? I scratch my head half the time because I don't I don't know. It's about love and hate. Do you love Rhea Ripley? Stop. Did you love Rhea Ripley in NXT? Yes, I loved her. Even your dog loved her. Yes, and my dog's barking because somebody's knocking at the door. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Busted Open is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Ed Robinson. The associate producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for Sirius XM. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.